Hello and welcome to this week's episode of The Fitness Solution. Um, this again is a live training episode uh, that I did in my Facebook group, Straightforward Fat Loss. And if you wanted to join that, then you can by just clicking the link in the show notes. This is all about being angry at yourself for giving up. This is all about how to be more consistent, how to stay motivated, and just changing and flipping the script on that a little bit in the only way I know how as the gym starter. So I hope you find it valuable. If you do, please share the episode with a friend. And I truly, truly, truly look forward to speaking to you again very soon. And I am very grateful and very thankful for you being here. Thank you so much. And I hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to this week's live training here on my Facebook group, um, which is called Straightforward Fat Loss. And also welcome, if you're listening on my podcast, The Fitness Solution. I've decided to start publishing this in two places um, because it just makes sense to me. And it kills for me. It kills two birds with one stone. So firstly, if you're in the Facebook group, thank you very much for being here. It's truly appreciated. And secondly, if you're listening to this on the podcast and you're not in the Facebook group, get in the Facebook group. I do more than just these live trainings, but also thank you so much for being here. And thank you so much for um, listening to the podcast. I know my podcast listeners are quite loyal people and that always means an awful lot to me uh, as ever. Right Today, I want to tackle the topic of motivation, consistency, um, whatever it might be. Now, the... Um, the preface to this was one of my other TikTok or Instagram real videos. Um, and it started with the simple question of, are you always sick and tired of, um, are you always sick and tired of giving up, of starting something and then stopping again? And if you are always sick and tired of that, how do we overcome it? Um, and it's a big topic. It's a difficult topic. It's not a topic that um, is easily broken down to and is very difficult to conceptualize and it's very hard for people to comprehend and I get it and to be fair I would probably say a good 90% of my job is basically trying to conquer this for my clients is trying to get them to see this side of it as opposed to getting them to um, do really anything else and so that's why we're here um, Yes, so let's begin. I've actually made notes for this one because I felt like it needed a bit of structure rather than me just um, just kind of swinging it and winging it um, like I normally do. Uh, I'm quite good at thinking on my feet, but I'm quite tired today on account of having refereed two football matches in the la- or three football matches in the last two days. And I've got another one on Tuesday, so I'm trying to manage myself. Um, right, so when we're talking about motivation and consistency and not giving up on yourself, not always stopping when you feel like you um when you feel like you are and therefore that creating anger within yourself because let's face it we all engage in something like for instance at the minute i've got a client who um you know he's messaging me at the moment going i don't i'm i'm going backwards and it's frustrating and i don't think i can continue because i can't seem to get a tune out of myself for this 
And equally, he says it's not my fault, which is very nice of him. But equally, it kind of is my fault because I'm not able to help him get a tune out of himself. And he's at the point where he's frustrated. And I totally sympathize with that. I totally understand that um, empathy and sympathy. Uh, sorry, I totally understand that um, it's hard. It's really hard. And it doesn't matter whether it's work, whether it's family, whether it's just the kind of person you are. It just doesn't matter what your situation is. It's hard. It's really, really hard to be consistent. And it's really, really hard to keep that up. Like, for instance, yesterday when I was at my game, I was talking to the other referee, a guy called Daniel Olson, and he is... Um, He's 28 years old, and he was talking about how his body was, you know, feeling it now. And I'm 35. I know, it's a shock. I'm 35 years old. And I was like, I can't believe the difference in my body to when I started refereeing, um, and how much harder it is to recover, and things like that. And I said to him, like, you know, during the season, I can't get strength workouts in. I just can't. Like, because by the time I've recovered, by the time my body is back to feeling healthy enough to do something physical, I've got to go again. I've got to go and referee again. And and I have to be ready to referee because if I'm not ready to referee. I'm in real trouble. Um, real, real trouble. Uh, because I need to be... I have responsibility and I'm getting paid to make decisions that are important for the aspects of the game. And so, you know, like, that's my busy schedule as an athlete. Um, and, like, it, that plays into the effect of how you might be busy as a mom or as a uh, employee or as a father, as an uncle, as a husband, whatever it might be. We all have our things that really demand our time, demand our attention and demand um, and take away from our, our ability to be physically active and take away from our ability to have energy in order to make this a priority and make it a focus. And a big part of that is that in the fitness industry, we, we, we slam you with the thoughts of, you know, this has to be your sole focus. You need to do this. It, you know, um, what is it we say? Uh, no days off. And all of these kinds of messages that you've kind of grown up with. And you think that, you know, if you're only getting one workout in a week, then that's not good enough. And you should be doing more than that. Um, and the truth is you don't need to be doing more than that. You know, if, if you are... If you're not an athlete, for instance, if you're relatively, um, if you're relatively new or relatively uh, not disfocused, but you know, if you're a kind of a casual fitness enthusiast, say, or you know, if you're someone who knows they have to keep physical in order to stay healthy, um, which I think we all know, but if you're someone who tries to adopt that, but you're only able to get one workout in a week. Like you're still going to make great progress. You're still going to do very well with just one workout a week. You know, um, obviously you'll make more progress. You'll make triple the progress if you do three a week. Mm, yeah, maybe to three a week. You won't make you won't make four times the progress if you um, if you do four a week though. Interestingly, because of the way diminishing results works. Um, so it just goes to show that you have to take pressure off, and that's the point of this whole rambling spiel it's been going on for about six minutes you have to take pressure off if you don't take the pressure off your ability to do things um, then you're always going to feel like you're on an uphill climb you're always going to feel like um, 
you're always going to feel like you're failing. You're always going to feel like you're behind. You're always going to feel like you're constantly not being able to stay on track. And then when you feel like that, you get frustrated, you get angry. And that's where those negative emotions come from. And that's where you start beating yourself up. And it's true for nutrition as well. Like nutrition, you, you don't need to be doing it 100% of the time. You just need to be doing it enough to make a difference. And that might sound crazy to a lot of you, but it's true. Like there's some weeks, I, I think two weeks ago, I had pizza four times that week, okay? Now I don't do that every single week. That was probably once every two years I did that. But I, you know, I got through the week and I managed the week and you know, I managed to just accept that was my living circumstances for that moment. And then last night, for instance, after my game, I had falafel and salad. Um, and it's just always about managing yourself and managing your moments. And it's about being able to understand that because I had four pizzas in a week, I didn't fail at eating that. And yes, the pizzas have pineapple on all of them. It doesn't mean I'm not failing at my fitness. It means that I'm just having to manage myself in that moment. I'm just having to manage my nutrition for the circumstances I have. And if I can win that battle over a two-year period, if I can manage it, I'm going to be aware that I am going to actually want to make more nutritious choices over a two-year period than non-nutritious choices. I'm going to have one week of four pizzas a week, maybe twice, maybe three times in a two-year period. It's not going to be once or twice in a two-month period. And those kinds of differences, it's, it's about getting your head around not winning the battle, but winning the war. There's going to be battles you're going to lose. There's going to be battles that you just can't focus on. And when that happens, when you feel like you've lost the battle, when you feel like you've lost that moment, when you feel like that moment of you trying to manage your nutrition has dissipated, has, has not lived up to what you wanted it to live up to, then you have to accept, I lost that battle. I'm still in the war I'm still I still have a much longer term vision for myself that I need to promote and I need to get focused on so it's okay it's similar to like my four-step fuck it philosophy where I say you know you have to recognize you've lost the battle you have to then look at why you lost the battle and analyze that to try and see the signs if that might happen again then you have to draw a big whole huge line over it and then once you've drawn that line under it, you say fuck it and you move on. That's it, my four step fuck it philosophy. And each battle you have, you just have to do that. Um, each battle you feel like you've lost, you have to do that. You have to draw that line, say fuck it and move on. For instance, my um, audition schedule as an actor is massive. Like if you look at all the auditions I've been to, you'd be amazed. And you look at how many jobs I've had, you'd be even more amazed because the two don't correlate very nicely. But the second an audition is done, and the second an audition is finished, I turn around and I just go, right, that's it. It's done. I've drawn a line under it. I've submitted it. That's it. I'm done. Like, for instance, I, I just recently went up for a, quite a big Hollywood film. And I'm trying not to think about it as much as I can. All I'm trying to do is, what's next? What's my next focus? I'm going to get back down and dirty on my clients. I went straight to the gym once the audition had been recorded and did a day's work. Because that's what's important to me. If it comes my way then great, but if it doesn't, it's fine. I draw a line under it and I move on. And then I try not to refocus on it. It's difficult, but I, the more you train that muscle, the better it is. I remember going up for EastEnders 
um, when I'd just come out of drama school. And um, I would have been amazing. And I, it was a great part for me. And um, I would have been, I think I'd have been Joe Pasquale's son, so I was probably just a bit too tall. And, um, and, and my voice is probably too deep. And yeah, it was like a young boxer, um, sort of was a bit sick of being beaten up by the world was kind of feeling a bit down, quite emotional. It was a great part for me, right? I remember I hung on to trying to get that EastEnders job for two to three months. Easy two to three months because I didn't want to accept the fact that I'd lost it. And honestly, it consumed my thoughts. I'd go to sleep at night dreaming of being in EastEnders and I'd wake up the next day. Kind of like, you know when you've got something on your mind, you wake up and you think, oh, I had something on my mind. There's a reason I shouldn't be feeling okay and then you remember what the reason is and it hits you and you're like oh yeah that's right I did that for about three months and it wasn't healthy and from there I really started to conceptualize and understand the idea of um, of um, draw a line under it and move on you just have to move on and if you ever hear back from an audition great if not don't worry about it and you the same has to be true of when you miss moments in your fitness, when you miss moments with your nutrition. And it's the only way to manage it, and it's the only way to win the war. Like, my nutrition isn't great. It's not perfect, whatever perfect looks like. In fact, I could argue my nutrition is fantastic, actually, because it's full of balance. I have beer, I have pizza, I have chocolate, I have crisps. I also make sure that I stick to principles of protein and vegetables. I also make sure I don't overindulge in refined carbohydrates. I also stay very hydrated. I also try and make sure my protein is where I need it to be as a vegetarian and as an athlete. I also try to make sure that you know I'm filling up on complex carbohydrates and I'm getting lots of fiber in my diet. I do all of these things as well because, you know, and, and so, you, you know, you could look at, you could, in isolated instances, like yesterday on the way to my game, I had a packet of crisps and chocolate bar. Caramilk is really lovely, by the way. Um, and, you know, someone could look at that and go, oh, how, how are you so thin when you eat like that? And the truth is, is, or how are you so fit and you eat like that? And the truth is because I've been eating really in a completely balanced way towards my goals for now, what, probably six, seven years. And that doesn't mean perfection. That means consistency. And when you can zoom out and view it that way, you, um, you start to see the bigger picture. And the little losses don't become little losses. Like you could look at the packet of crisps and go, oh my goodness, I had a packet of crisps. What's the point? My whole entire, um, my whole entire, uh, what's the word? My whole entire desire to remain fit and healthy has vanished. Or my, I've lost the day because I had a bag of crisps. We can look and go, ah, I had a bag of crisps today. That was awesome. I really enjoyed it. Because I then had yogurt during my game. I then had salad and falafel when I got home. Um, I did also have a beer. And, um, and I knew I was very well hydrated. And I'd eaten pretty well that day, full stop. I have fruit um, and things like that. So... It's, it's about looking at that kind of balance um, is my main point, I think, on that. Um, and then the other thing with consistency is, is really understanding this, that it's not 100%. It's an 80-20 situation at best. Like, I, in fact, I even say to clients, look, you know, right now, in terms of your consistency, you'd probably say, um, 
you're not consistent at all. So all I need you to get to is 51%. If you can get, if you can be not consistent for 50% of the year or 50% of the week or 50% of the month and or 49 or 49% and you can be consistent for 51%, then we are making progress. Then, you know, if you are just ever so slightly over half, then we're winning. Now, obviously, that's going to mean results will be slow. That means results won't be quite where you want them to be. Um, and it probably won't quite be taking the shape that you wished and hoped it might be. But you're still being consistent. You're still winning out over the fullness of time. I take 51% over 49% every day of the week, especially when it came to that Brexit vote. If it had been the other way around, 51 to 49, I'd have been a very happy human. Um, but sadly, uh, it, it wasn't. It was the other way. And, you know, and that doesn't mean that, you know, there was not, well, I'm going to get into the politics of the situation. But that was, the, that was it. And the results are the results. The UK left the EU. And that's it. Because it was 51 to 49. End of discussion. And so if you can be 51 to 49 with what it is you're doing, you're going to do well. Things will work well for you. You will get there eventually. Now, obviously, we'd like to push you up to maybe 70, 80%, that 80, 20 rule, that classic kind of number. And I'd also argue that being 100% consistent is a lot easier than being 90% consistent. Because what even would 90% consistency look like? Um, and in fact, trying to be, you know, in many ways, that 10% you might focus on too much compared to the 90 as well. So, and, but that, I suppose that's true of all of the arguments here, you know. Um, but I would also say 100% consistency is perfection. But it probably is easier to be perfect for a short period of time than it is to be sort of, you know, almost perfect. Um, so you need to make a strong choice. And I think this is a big problem here. People don't often target exactly what it is they want to do. You know, they'll, they'll nearly always target, oh, I'm all in, 100%, because that's a very easy line to draw. But they won't target, actually, you know, no one knows what 80% really looks like. And whenever I have to, whenever someone's telling me about what they've done, they always focus on the, the 20% of negativity rather than the 80% of success. And I always have to show them that 80%, just glaring them in the face, but they don't notice it for some reason because... They don't notice it because they're not designed to look at it in that way. They're not designed to see it in that manner. And that's really a big problem. Um, now, being able to be consistent, being able to find that 80%, being able to find that 51%, being able to find what it means to you and how it means to you uh, comes down to something I call or term the motivation loop. Now, if you know anything about... Um, motivation you'll understand that motivation is always driven by results so the more results we're getting the more motivated we are um, which you could call momentum maybe I could call this the momentum loop um, and the only way to create results is to take action and the only way to take action is to start doing something anything doesn't matter what um, there's no point in getting frustrated at the work you never did uh, essentially and you need to seriously just push yourself forward just a little bit more you need to seriously just you know get up 
and get on with something do something if you're committed to working with someone just do one thing that they ask and the one thing I would say about that is communication communication is the most important thing if you're working with someone um, on this even if you did nothing communicate it journal it get it out your system talk about it reset reevaluate move on from there and every time you talk to your coach you will feel better when you don't talk to your coach that is when you start feeling the worst that is when it all feels like it's overwhelming and you feel like you're failing even more so talk at every opportunity you can no coach is going to get annoyed that you're talking too much to them because that gives them something to work with they're all going to get annoyed that you're not talking about it at all and then that's true of if you're not working with someone as well talk about it write it down talk to your friends about it talk to the people at the gym about it just build out and flesh out your understanding of what it is you're trying to do and what it is you're achieving and if you can do that then things will really start moving for you nothing no nothing bad comes from discussion nothing ever nothing bad ever comes from discussion and just talking about things you'd be amazed at when you do start talking about things you'd be amazed at what angels come to save you um for instance, uh, the other day, I, uh, I shared, I think I shared it on Instagram or, or TikTok, um, but I definitely shared it with my clients as well, um, about, uh, it's a West Wing clip about the man who lived by the river, and, uh, and it's a story this vicar uh, comes out with, and uh, the president at the time, Jed Bartlett, fantastic, um, he, uh, he's trying to wrestle with his conscience about whether to pardon someone or whether to send him um, to death row or I think he's actually about to get executed and he, you know, he has the right of a presidential pardon and he tries to establish whether he should get involved or not and um, the president sways on the side of, um, of not getting involved because he feels like it's not his duty yet all throughout this episode like a rabbi has tried to talk to him about it um, and there's been some other things as well. I've tried to talk to the president about it. And he, um, he refused to kind of pick up and listen and respond to those, um, those signs, okay, those angels, as I would call them. And the story is like this reverence that's down. He says, you remind me of a man who lived by the river. I'm going to do it in an American accent because it just sounds awesome. Um, there was this man who lived by the river. And he heard on the radio report that there was going to be massive floods. And the man thought, that's okay. Lord, my God, I'm a religious man. The Lord, my God, will save me. And the floods got higher. And so he moved on to the roof of his house. And this man in the boat come along and said, hey, have you not seen the reports? The river's getting higher. Get in this boat and I will row you to safety. And the man said, that's okay. I'm a religious man. The Lord my God will save me. And the floods got higher. And then a helicopter came along. And the guys in the helicopter looked down and said, Do you need help down there? Hey, you, you, do you need help down there? Climb this rope and we will fly you to safety. And the man said, No, don't worry. I'm a religious man and the Lord my God will save me. The floods rose and rose and rose, and the man passed. He drowned and died. At the gates of heaven, the man demanded an audience with God. 
and he looked at God and said, I've been a religious man my entire life. I've loved you, I've cared for you, I've worshipped you. Why did you not save me? And God looked at him and said, oh, that wasn't American. The Lord looked at him and said, I sent you a radio report. I sent you a man in a boat and I sent you a helicopter. What the hell are you doing here? And it's a poignant, poignant post. I don't do it very well, that, that to be said. But when you discuss things, when you talk about things, when there's things right in front of you, you have to be willing to see them as a sign, as the help they are. Um, and by talking about things, you then push yourself through. By talking about things, you then gain a different context. You gain a better understanding. You gain a complete and utter, um, what's the word? A complete and utter fleshing out and reevaluation of what it is that you really need to do in order to, to move forward. And so I do honestly think a huge part of keeping your motivation going is keeping up a dialogue, keeping up a conversation. And, and by doing that, often people will point out results you never even knew existed. People will share stories about what they're going through that you never even knew were possible and you'll relate to them and from there you'll move on. So much of my work isn't doing much other than talking because my job is to basically try and come out of a phrase, to come out with a point, to come out with a, a moment that resonates with you, that makes you realize, ah, that relates to me. That's what it is. That's right. And so I do genuinely think that is a massive, massive part of all what needs to happen there. Um, what's next on my list? So, and that feeds into my next point, which is looking at all aspects of results. Results aren't just, um, oh, the music's starting. I'll hold the mic closer to my mouth. Results aren't just um, uh, losing weight. Results aren't just lifting heavier weights. Results are sometimes having calmer thoughts results is sometimes having not feeling not feeling judged when you walk out on the street um results is sometimes just being able to take a deep breath result is sometimes um when you have a donut and you don't feel guilty about it results is sometimes picking up the donut and just eating it and enjoying it Results is sometimes seeing your child smile at you. Results is all kinds of different things. And you have to look at all different kinds of results. When you only ever, ever pin your success or your motivation or your consistency on one kind of result, then you will eventually dry up with motivation because that result will slow down. That result will stop. That result will not always reveal itself to you. And that's a critical point on this because... Um, because that's what happens. If it's the scale, it will go up. It just will. That's a fact. It, I don't care who you are, the scale will go up. I don't care how low your calories are, the scale will go up one day and you'll feel crap about it if that's the only result you ever look at. So it's really, really important that you flesh out everything that you're doing, that you really flesh out and look at the signs of results that you have. And that's one thing coaches are great at, is pointing you at where the different results exist, where they need to be, where they go. Um, And that's really huge. That's really important. Uh, so I think that's, um, that's really all I needed to say about that. Um, 
So, sorry, and, and so therefore, if you are getting angry at yourself for constantly giving up, you need to turn, sit, sit down and look at yourself and go, hang on, well, did I really look at all the results? Or did I get disappointed at myself? Did I get angry at myself because one thing let me down? And all I was focused on was that one thing. I had a narrow-minded view on what was going on. And naturally, when you zoom out, you put a fisheye lens on it and you look at the wider aspect of everything, you begin to realize that there's an awful lot more for you to... Um, to be proud of. Every week I ask my clients, what are you proud of? What's made you proud of yourself this week? And that's a great way of looking at different styles of results. Um, what are you proud of yourself this week? It could be you just managed your diary very well. It could be you got the kids to school on time every day. All of that feeds in because it takes away, um, it, it doesn't take away energy that you need from other things. Right. Then I suppose once you've done all of this, we need to look at how do we make actions stick? How do we make um, these results stick? How do we make these behaviors that drive these results stick? How do we make sure that we don't take on too much and do it for only three weeks? How do we make sure that everything we're doing is what we need to be doing, how we need to be doing it, and that we're gonna keep doing it for long enough? And the key to that is something that can only be termed as lower the barrier to entry. Rather than, rather than you know, setting yourself up for working out four times a week, um, you have to turn around and go, is that, what? Well, these are the three questions I always ask clients when they sell, tell me how much I want to work out. And another interesting side to this is the fact that they also um, nearly always get it wrong as well. Okay, so a client will come to me and they'll be, I'll be like, so how many workouts are we gonna do a week? And they'll be like, we're gonna do four, four workouts a week. And then I turn around and I go, okay, four workouts a week. I go, is that likely? And they go, yes. And I go, okay. Is it possible? Like, do you have four hours in a week to spend to fitness? If, if you're going to the gym and back from the gym, you probably need more than four hours a week. You probably need more like six to seven. You need nearly an entire day an entire working day in your week in order to get in three to four workouts a week, okay? Because by the time you've got there, by the time you've got changed, by the time you've showered after, each and every time and you keep repeating that process, that takes up a lot of time. So do you have an extra working day? If I was your boss and said, I need you to work on Sunday, would you be able to do that or not? So is it possible? Literally, is it possible for you to do? So is it probable? Uh, is it possible, is it likely, and is it probable? Are you probably going to do it, or are you probably not going to do it? Meaning, is it gonna be too big a task for you? And chances are, it probably is. Um, and I would say every client I've had that pitches themselves over two workouts a week, I'd say 80 to 90% of them don't get three workouts in a week, or more. They just don't. Because what they're doing is they're trying to live up to perfection. They're not living up to reality. They're excited and buzzy on the fact, oh, I've got a coach. I'm going to do this. Let's go. And then when it actually, when the, the push comes to shove, it, um, it's not possible for them. They, they, and then what happens is they start feeling like they're failing because they're not getting things right. They're not getting things done. They're not doing the things that they want to be doing the most. And that causes problems. That causes massive, massive, massive problems. So we really, really, really need to lower that barrier to entry. You know, things like the two minute rule. Things like, can I get to the gym for two minutes? If I go to the gym for two minutes, 
then and I just do two minutes and I go home, great, that's a workout done, completed. That lowers the barrier to entry. Taking a workout off of your schedule lowers the barrier to entry. Getting comfortable with the fact that you might not complete the entire workout and it's okay to walk out of a workout once you've allotted all the time you had that day for that workout, that's okay as well. Sometimes it could be you just need to stretch, that's okay as well. It could just be you need to relax, it could just be you need to breathe. Even if, like, let's for instance, let's say with your nutrition, you have to go to McDonald's because your kids are demanding it, but when you're there, you just make a choice that is slightly better than you thought it would. That's lowering the barrier to entry to success. That is a result within itself. Just keep bringing that barrier of entry down so that what you're doing can build momentum. It's pointless trying to eat healthy all the time because you're gonna do it and you'll feel motivated to do it for about three days because something will come along, someone will go, do you fancy a beer? And you'll be like, yeah, I do fancy a beer. You have a beer and then you'll feel like you failed. And you're not, you never give yourself enough time to build momentum, to build habits, to let that ball of momentum roll and roll and roll and roll and get better and better and better and get bigger and bigger and bigger. And then you get to a position where I am and where I've been doing it for six years and it's just second nature. That takes a long time to get to that position. What you do is you compare yourself to these people who have been doing it like me for six, seven years and and you think you can do that in a week. You think you can do that in a month. And you can't because it's too hard. I didn't do it that way. It took me a very long time to build up these habits. And it also took me to become a coach. And it also took me to become a high level referee. And it also took me to feel like an athlete. And it also took me to feel like I'm in a position where I can. And it also meant I didn't have kids. And it also meant that I don't have stable work so I have the time to dedicate to it. I have lots of things going in my favor to make sure that I stay like this. Things that you might not have available to you. So my barrier to entry can be higher than yours because I have the ability to make it higher and you need to have the ability to make it lower and you need to accept and get comfortable with the idea that doing the minimal is okay as long as you're doing the minimal because the minimal might very well be the maximal for you at that moment in time. Now this will change, this will develop, you will start automating things in that manner. But you're not gonna automate anything if you do it for three weeks and then don't do it for another four months. Nothing is going to change in that manner. Can I work out today? No. Can I go for a walk? Po possibly. Can I go for a walk for an hour? No. Can I go for a walk for 10 minutes? Yes. Does that count as a success? Yes. Lower that barrier to entry. And the more you lower that barrier to entry, the more you make things accessible to you, the more you make the gym a place you go to on your way to work, the more you I know, hire an online coach so that they can slide into your life and they can give you workouts so you don't have to be somewhere at a certain time each week and you're constantly cancelling. But what you can do is you can just have your workouts with you and you can rely on them to help you and work in that manner. That might be the best solution for you because you need that slightly lower barrier to entry. Financially, personal trainers in person are very expensive. Online, they're a lot more affordable. And that might be a barrier to entry you need to overcome. Yes, that then means that the other barrier might be the fact that you're responsible for your own works out, workouts. There's not someone sitting there waiting for you. But you're not paying for that person to be sitting there waiting for you. So why would you? If, and if you can't live up to that anyway, that's not a barrier to entry at all. That's just something you've got to get ready for. And that's where we're at with that. So lower that barrier up to entry. Now, as always, in a straightforward fat loss, I um, always like to uh, post up the little video that I'm going to do the training on and then I ask for comments and I ask for answers and I ask questions and things like that and um, this is no different. 
So I had someone respond, which was really wonderful. Um, so I'm just going to take you through that. We'll discuss that a little bit and then we'll go from there. So uh, my first question was, do you get wound up all the time um, at, do you get wound up all the time at yourself for giving up? And she answered, yes, all the bloody time. I think this is because I'm such a black and white, all or nothing kind of girl. There's no softness or forgiveness in my mind for trying or anything other than nailed it. If I didn't nail it, I failed. So give up. That makes me an even bigger failure. So I give up. And you can see the loop that I've been discussing in real action in somebody's actual mind here. Now, what I would say is with this is I think this is indoctrined thought. I don't think this is genuine thought. And I, I'd say that because like your partner, like if you have a partner or a friend, they're not perfect people. We know they're not perfect people. So why do um, they have flaws? Because they're humans. We all have flaws because we're humans. And so being black or white, like you can't look at someone and go, they're perfect, therefore I'm going to have them. You have to look at them and go, they're not perfect, therefore I'm going to have them. So why do we not appreciate that with ourselves? Why do we not look at ourselves and go, that's the kind of attitude I need to have towards me? Because that's important for me. Um, and so that's what I would say about that. Um, there's no softness or forgiveness in my mind for trying. Well, you know, put it this way. If you tried more, yeah, rather than try to nail it. If you just, if you, even if you tried to nail it, then you're going to make more progress than not doing anything at all. And that's a very important distinction. Yeah. So even if you do have a high, um, what's the word, a high level for success, by trying to achieve that high level for success, you're still going to move an awful lot further forward than not doing anything at all. So start trying to achieve it. If you start trying to achieve it and you appreciate the fact you're, and if you can just appreciate the fact you're trying, then you're going to move a lot further forward than by doing nothing at all. Um, what do you find so hard about the topic of consistency? She said, ooh, that's tricky. I'm not sure, to be honest. Perhaps having sensible targets in the first place, i.e. lowering that barrier to entry. Or maybe understanding the how the whole planning of non-negotiable stuff for myself is supposed to work when family life throws unexpected stuff at me. Exactly. Non-negotiables. Now, non-negotiables can be very good they can be very useful they can be very helpful but they equally can be a real pain in the ass but maybe you need to look at non-negotiables rather than it being a daily thing maybe you need to look at it as a monthly thing um, to allow for nuance in your life or even if it is a non-negotiable still understand that that non-negotiable only has to be in place 51 percent of the time only has to be in place maybe 80 percent of the time it doesn't have to be in place a hundred percent of the time and if you can understand that then you're really going to start moving forward very, very well, I personally believe. Because um, life is always going to throw unexpected shit at you. You can't get around that, okay? Um, you just can't. And when that shit's being thrown at you, you have to give yourself that dose of self-empathy. You have to give yourself the hug and go, okay, maybe the non-negotiable is I'm going to try. Maybe the non-negotiable is I'm not going to give up when life comes at me. Maybe the non-negotiable is I'm going to appreciate the non-negotiable and I'm going to still move forward after that and from around that. Okay? It could be something like that. Maybe what you're doing is you're only putting the non-negotiables in place for actual physical tangible things like 10,000 steps a day, like 
protein and veggies at every meal, like three liters of water a day, right? And you're making those are non-negotiables rather than, which sounds like to me, the non-negotiables you need with your answers is actually more non-negotiables about how your brain works. It's more non-negotiables about how you're going to accept yourself more, about how you're going to accept the circumstances of your life. Make that the non-negotiable and then everything else will fall into place. And then my other question was, if you were to try something new again, what would you do to get this result of consistency out of yourself? Yikes, herein lies a problem. I know what to do. It's the making it happen. I will look to you for help with this one, coach. (laughs) Well, I hope this podcast has helped a great deal. I really, really do. Um, That's very sweet of you. And um, it does herein lie the problem. What would you do to get a result of consistency? Maybe you need to just sit down Give yourself a hard look and go, okay, all the things I've tried in the past were set up in the same way. How do I set this one up slightly differently? And maybe that is the answer you need. Right, that's it from me today. Thank you so much for being here. I really do truly 1000% appreciate you. I hope you have the most amazing day. Um, I hope the audio has been okay as well. And I will speak to you real, real soon. Peace, love and protein. Ciao, ciao.